Welcome along to the currently named Craggy Island Rugby Podcast, episode two. Yeah, more on current naming and new names uh, in the future. But for now, I can safely say that thanks to uh, the humble abode of William Davis, we're going to watch the game on a fantastic, let's say the name of the company. Yeah, Panasonic widescreen telly. William, thanks for having us into your humble abode. My pleasure, Rob. You're very welcome. Yeah, and the whole crew is here, folks, and we're just a couple of minutes to go before kickoff in the big game, and I can safely say that is a MasterChef. Are we watching MasterChef? Is that what we're watching? Yeah, like the great British chef something or other. The chef off. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And on the laptop there, the Dragons lead Zebra 3-0. Yeah, just before kickoff, we're preparing for what is a big game for Connor to wait to Glasgow. Alan Deegan, very welcome along. Hi, Rob. Yeah, um, looking for a win tonight. The bookies are, the odds are shortening all the time, so hopefully we'll, we'll get what we need. Yeah, very, very studious, very kind of serious introduction there from Alan. Uh, Dave, welcome along. Indeed, it's um, probably, weirdly, this is the better screen than we get when we're actually at the game live, because I don't know about you, Rob, I usually have two green bars directly in front of me to have to work my head around. This is the best view I've had at a Connacht game ever, and uh, more importantly, I'm not going to get wet tonight. Uh, and it is a horrible day outside and I think that's passed on up to Glasgow as well because I've been hearing the weather isn't great up there so that's not going to help things okay really quickly just enough time to set the scene Alan start with you because you were just saying it's kind of a game Connick probably should be winning just if you can in the space of a very short period of time explain to people why despite the fact that as Pat Lamb said Glasgow have 15 internationals this is a game that Connick really have a great shot of winning well, they have, they have two 19-year-olds. They had two guys on the team that I couldn't find any information on, size, weight, where they'd played before. One guy is, is, is an army lad, the other guy's a, a 19-year-old second row. They have three flankers on the bench. They only have two backs on the bench. Uh, one's a scrum half, one's an out half. Um, they're, 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 they're international players. Three of them have only got a single cap for Scotland. They're guys who have come from South Africa or, or uh, New Zealand. Um, so it's not as though we're, we're talking about a full-on international side that we're talking about there and, and you know only like their most capped player is, is Blair but he only played four times for Edinburgh last year and they let him go so it's not as though we're talking to a guy at the peak of his powers I, I'm hoping for a lot tonight I'm reminded of the famous 1980s Kit ad where it's, they're going to go a long way this particular Glasgow team when it comes to playing Connacht let's face it Connacht don't have a good record in games where you go away from home and you're playing a team that's oh, a scratch team Connacht don't have a good record playing away from home, full stop. Mm. Rob, it's the elephant in the room. And tonight is the sort of game that gives Connacht fans, uh, well, like me anyway, a bad feeling because it's the sort of game we should win. Uh, We just tend not to. Tonight they're playing a very weak Glasgow side who do have a bit to prove because they lost last week at home to, at one stage, an 11-man Senechli side. It was a bizarre game. But... I don't know how to call it. I've actually backed the draw, so I'm sitting on the fence. The brilliantly named Dougie Vipound is uh, currently introducing the game here on BBC Scotland. I don't know if I pronounce his name right. Dave, you're taught you're going to start with the verdicts as well. So, uh. um, I think I'm with, I agree with the lads. My pessimistic side is saying that this is connect. This is going away. Oh, we don't travel. Uh, we have a tendency to. We well, the only place we win regularly is Italy. We don't, and, we, and even there, not all the time. We don't go to Scotland and do well. We don't go away to teams that finished ahead of us the previous year and do well. But we have to take advantage of it. It's significant we haven't fundamentally changed the team. I think John is starting tonight because Kieran got a bang last week. And also, fundamentally, he doesn't change the team. And then we can talk about the pros and cons of that later. I think that I think it's a settled team doesn't hurt. I'm convinced that everybody else is having to make ridiculous changes. There's guys going to be playing one or two games. This is nowhere close. I mean, there are seven or eight guys in this team I don't know who they are. There's a couple of the cap guys I don't know who they are. Um... 
you have to take advantage of, of the weakness in the opposition. And it's significant. I think William makes a fair point. This team couldn't beat 11 men. We have to use that as an advantage. This is not as good as we get. We're never going to get as good a chance. So you go for Connacht? I'm going for Connacht, but I wouldn't be surprised if, we blow it, if it blows up in our face. Connacht by five for me, Alan? Oh, Connacht for me, yeah. 20 minutes gone, Glasgow 3, Connacht 3, Glasgow have a line-out in the Connacht 22. What do you reckon so far, William? Connacht playing all the rugby. Uh, it's scrappy. Uh, I think they'll be happy enough. Uh, nearly had a lovely try, just a foot in touch. So it's, it's going to be one of those games. This is going to be a one-score game, is going to be my feel at this stage. Halftime, Glasgow 23, Connacht 6. We'll start with William, because we talked to you at 20 minutes just before. A couple of bad calls went against Connacht and heads went down because, oh my God, a referee might have got to get a couple of calls against him. It's been dreadful from Connacht, hasn't it? Yeah, the last 20 minutes have been awful. Uh, no leadership, no drive. And they're all over us. They're just playing a very simple uh, one-up game. They're running from the, the gain line and we're not, we're not at the races here. Uh, there's nobody standing up to, to take it on. And 23-6, most of the game's been played in the final third of the pitch on top of us. So it's a, this is a huge ask from now. That's, that has really, really been poor. Dave, I'm actually stunned by this because, look, I talk Connick to win. I've watched, we all watched them last season. We know what they're capable of. We know about the consistency and the way they try and perform. This is, this is real old stuff. This is going back four or five years. It's really, really poor. Oh, it's, it's the worst I've seen in a long time. Um, yeah, they sulked. They went into a bit of a collective sulk. Um, the two calls were shocking calls. I mean, there was absolutely no way Rodney gave away a scrum penalty. There's no way that uh, Nepia Fox wasn't tackled off the ball while he was in trying to pick the ball. Even, but, the, even the lads on BBC uh, said Yeah, it. and they said it. Now they, but you don't... You just go, right. We just... You take it on the chin and you go, right, with this, if, we're, if, we're, if we're in our heads you think you're playing 16, you just play 16. You don't go into a strop and a sulk and allow what is effectively a very understrength, very young, um, very raw Glasgow side. Yeah, they are Glasgow, the champions, but this is not that champion team. And they're being, we're being bullied by kids. Alan, uh, well, the lads have ranted. You can rant as well, but maybe you to just take me through uh, to finish this, uh, what, what could happen in the second half. Because look, it is only half-time. We'll have a, a full-time post-mortem, which we expect it to be. But, you know, Connacht have come back in the past and possibly made a dreadful situation look somewhat reasonably better. They must do that now. Well, they certainly, they certainly need to prove that they are the second-half team that they were last year. Um, we will be playing against the Breeze in the second half. Maybe that'll help. I don't know. Um, the commentators made a good point. The fact that we tried to run everything. I think we only kicked it into the corner once and we almost scored. That's the only time we've seen them turn the opposition around. Um, they haven't very, had a lot of ball either. No, they haven't had a lot of ball. They're playing against a, you know, a half-decent pack. But you know, they have a back line there. Where, when we move the ball, we're, we're just very lateral. We're not actually making any incisive runs. There's been at least a couple of times when we should have just run the ball straight, gone up the middle and then moved it wide. We're not earning the right to go wide, and yet we're still going wide. Half-time. Glasgow leading by 23 points to six, and we're expecting an absolute hammering if this continues at this pace, but you never know. Things have changed. Let's hope so. William, 60 minutes gone. A lot's happened since last we spoke. <laughs> <laughs> certainly, certainly has. Uh, opened a second bottle of wine here. 30, <laughs> 30 points to 25. Uh, Bizarre freebie try for Glasgow when uh, John Cooney, getting his name correct, fell over, unfortunately. But since then, it's been all Connacht, and they really are starting to struggle. They're down to 14 men. And uh, why do we just let them get so far ahead? 
but yeah. 20 minutes left, this game on. 30 points to 25, 19 minutes to go. Full-time, Glasgow 33, Connacht 32. Wow, what a comeback from Connacht. We kind of thought there might be a chance of that happening and uh, I guess they shot themselves in the foot overall, though. I'm not sure we saw it happening quite like it did. Yeah, um, I might have undersold that a little bit. Yeah, I think so. Um, what can you say? If you wanted to hand somebody a DVD and say, this is what Connacht are about, that was a little bit like it. Dreadful first half. Pretty awful first 10 minutes of the second half when we went 30 points to six stone. Wow. And then we came into the game. They started to tire. We started to try to play a bit of panic rugby. I mean, I think we just decided to have a go. That got us back into the, the match. We probably could have won it. As it is, we've come away with two points for four tries and uh, the other losing bonus point. It's still not really good enough against the team we were playing. They were stretched to the limits with the players, some of the players they were bringing on. And other sides would probably win a game like that. But you got to give them credit for keeping going. But there was a lot of question marks about the way we were set up in the first half. Initial thoughts? I'm very annoyed. I'm, I, I just think that they were dreadful. Con- Glasgow were a, a dreadful side who were in bits and had players playing out of position all over the place and we still couldn't win. It's just not good enough. The only player that stood up who started was Owen Masterson who, who had a brilliant spell set up to try for, for Cooney and was excellent for about 15 or 20 minutes. First time we saw, I saw any sort of leadership on the field. Um, then Kieran came on and, and you know gave us a huge spark. But the twice we were put under pressure in the second half, we let in points. It's not good enough. There are things that you can go, if you wanted to look at, try to find a blame. Referee made some strange calls. There was a misconversion. Mm. There was... Uh, touch, oh look, touchline uh, conversion against the win now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, if you want, you if, if, after you got his eye, yeah. if, if you want, if you want to, you could argue that on a on a grass pitch, John Cooney doesn't step. It doesn't take away from the fact that from the tenth minute to the fiftieth minute, we stank. We absolutely stank. And it's like I, I joked last year when we actually came back from twenty points down against Munster. I joked about how we're going to give. We keep giving ourselves these challenges about how many points can we go down and see if we can come back. And today was that was a point too far. We, in years to come, people will look at this and go, we lost by a point in at away to the champions. But we know that that is probably, we might, some of those guys, that'll be the only game of professional rugby they'll certainly play this season and maybe some of them, a couple of them ever. That wasn't good enough. 40 minutes, we absolutely stank. It doesn't take away from the, the good stuff in the other part of the, part of the game, but you have to focus on the bit in the middle where we went twenty when we went th- when we went from six, three nil up to thirty six down. You cannot that doesn't take away from what we did in the last few minutes. But it's certainly what we did in the last few minutes cannot cover up that we should never have been in that situation. And yes, and yes, the lads will take some confidence from the comeback. They got two points out of it. I'm just saying they're they're getting get, like for the for the observers who aren't as engaged as we are with the whole process of Connacht rugby. They're going to go, well, what a fight back from Connacht, good young side battling well. There will be a lot of positivity about Connacht from outside of beyond the Shannon. <laughs> uh, okay, fair play if there is, but I would, I would agree with what the two lads have said. It wasn't good enough and. It's away games like that. To go 30 points to six down and other a better sides than and, and a Glasgow side containing maybe three or four of the X number of players they're missing, they would have closed that game out without a problem. 
we wouldn't have gotten near them. What about the bounce of the ball? Alan was saying, both of you on this, but I'll go back to you, William, on it. The bounce of the ball didn't go Connick's way in the first half. Two dreadful decisions put Glasgow on the front foot. Uh, yes and uh, a slip like I mean I, I was I saying horrendous from Cooney I, I, like it was horrendous but at the same time he was bloody unlucky too yes but Glasgow also scored a try in the second half which the referee who was right on top of it went to the TMO who told him he couldn't make a decision yeah, okay. um, so look it swings and roundabouts um, maybe another Glasgow player could have been yellow carded it was a bizarre incident um, where the referee the, the touch judge asked the referee to go to the TMO regarding foul play by a Connacht player. This is right at the end now. Right at the end. Just before uh, Fox Matter moves yeah. try, yeah. And the communication level between referees and TMOs is farcical. They, they, they can't hear each other. There's background noise. The TMO started looking for foul play by a Glasgow player, was looking at entirely the wrong player, and then the referee eventually decided that his, his words to the Glasgow captain were BBC can't find the incident. They weren't looking for the right incident. I don't know whether it was an incident, but it's just stuff like that. So, yeah, bounce of the ball, but I, I think it evened itself out. Yeah, OK. Alan, you mentioned Masterson as one of the few guys step up. Fox Matamura deserves a, a note on that as well. He had a fine game, didn't he? He did. He did. Um you know he was he was busy he was doing his thing but you can't expect you can't expect a guy just over in the second game to step up and be a leader okay you know what the, what I was looking you know when when you looked at it when things went really you know we were 24 points down and the only one that was really standing up was Masters and he popped up left right and center made a few tackles made a couple of great runs got across the gain line gave us some front football and then set up to try brilliantly by you know the, the pack did a fantastic job taking you know knocking knocking Glasgow off their own ball but Masterson took it, could have given it earlier, and didn't. Held his man, drew, drew his man, drew a beautiful little pass to Cooney to score. The backs just before that had made a complete mess of a simple four-on-two by not drawing their men. Hadn't been doing it all game. And actually, I don't think the backs did it all game. Not once did they draw their man. Yeah, and that's been a problem. The, that try was a huge turning point because even at that point, it was 30 points to 13. We all felt Connacht have a great chance. We were checking the odds on, online just to see what they are because it, it just felt that we knew what Glasgow had on the bench, which is very weak, notwithstanding the fact that they had 20 players missing. They may... Yeah, I mean, we can't... Take, first of all, they put Hugh Blake, who's been the subject of massive controversy in Scotland, the flankers come over from New Zealand, gets into the team. Um, then doesn't get gets kicked out of the Scotland team for a guy who's in even the country even less time than he is. Hugh Blake came on as a centre. Now he was signed as a seven, mm. and you didn't notice that he was a he was a, he, they had a seven in the centre. Um, they had a number of players at ten. I lost track of who was at ten, but the one player they kept, the main player at ten, was Clegg. Clegg had a good game. Mike Blair had an excellent game. As soon as Mike Blair goes off, which happens roughly in around the second try, um, they, they start to fall apart. But then, every time they stepped, they stepped up and they should have got the try that William was talking yeah, about. Yeah, they had that spell yeah. which won them the game. That yeah. little spell, the three points, won them the game. And that's worrying, is that this is... A, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe it's because they are... I don't want to get into the, the psychology of it, but maybe it's because they feel because they are playing for the champions that they can step it up at any time, irrespective of whether, in reality, they are good enough to step it up. But they did. And it was also roughly in around the time where it became clear that some of the guys who put in a big effort in the 15 minutes after from 55 to 70 looked out on their feet. And they stepped it up then. They did well. Um, we can talk about the referee, but the referee... The, the thing about this, and this we've, every time... We talk about referees. We need to be honest with that. We shouldn't put ourselves in situations where refereeing decisions matter. 
We, they should, there should be things we talk about, but things that don't matter. We make them matter because we put ourselves in other, every other aspect of the game into a position where, we can, where, where people can use the referees and excuse. We shouldn't be, and we certainly shouldn't be, used, shouldn't be in a position where this happens. And we did, because we're, I, I can't get away from it. From 10 to 50, we were awful. And, it, and, and the guys did step it up, and the, the pack did well, and they got back in because they realised that the, the, the Glasgow front row was terrible. After that Troy that Cooney gets, the entire front row was replaced. Immediately. Dan went, bang, everybody off. And it didn't improve things. And we should have exploited that. They didn't get bad in the 14 minutes between the 10 and the 50. They were bad all the way through, and we just didn't utilise it. Alan, on Twitter there, I just looked at a few comments that have come through. I, I was saying that, look, a gutsy fight back from Connick, but they were dreadful before halftime against a weak team, and you know, points dropped. Tom O'Neill comes back and says, can't agree, our way for a record is awful and against the top teams, regardless of who they put out, and this is two points gained. <laughs> well, two points is a good return, I should say. That's a better way of putting it, because this is what he said. Yeah, like it's not often we score four tries away from home, so we, you know, that, that's, that, that's a bonus, I suppose. I'm most disappointed with our, our halfbacks. When I talk about leadership on the field, I don't necessarily mean the captain. Um, I'm talking about, you know, there should be four or five leaders on the field, and one of them should be in the halfbacks and they'd like to think it was the 10 now I'm a big big fan of Jack and I think Jack can be a really really good player for us but he was anonymous tonight and very it was very frustrating to see him being so anonymous and the funny thing was we got a penalty when he did decide to do something when he picked the ball up from the Moroccan and, and took off and we got a score from it you know it just goes to show that if he'd you know <laughs> shown a bit more leadership and a bit more self-belief that you know there is something there it's just I'm just really annoyed that, that you know we, we, we lost the game against an incredibly weak side. They're, you know you're talking about a, a side that the Italians would be beaten and would be looking to beaten because they were so poor. Lads, if if we were recording this a couple of days after, you have to admit we, we'd all be a little bit more philosophical looking forward. You might say, yeah, Alan disagrees 100. percent Okay, fine, but I'm just saying there, you have to allow for the fact that this is initially afterwards. And William, like, had Fionn Carr not got ankle tapped he was away and this is like even a lot we would have still highlighted all of our woes but we would have said wow five points this is good we got away with this but this is really really good uh yeah we probably would if if, if they'd won yeah. uh because you you know to to the victor the spoils but it we comes but we, did, but, we, but we didn't win i mean I, I, what more can you say um it's the sort of game valiant effort but we didn't win and and that's the story of our away Performances for so long. This isn't someone that started last season or two seasons. This is this is endless, and we won't play a weaker side. I suspect this season away from home, even the even the Italian sides when they get their internationals back. I mean that that Glasgow side tonight was was so beatable, and Gregor Townsend at the end, the look on his face was one of absolute relief. Bearing in mind they lost last week. And they, they did not want to go 0-2. and two. All right, final part of the podcast. We've, uh, we've dissected that game. General consensus. Blooming well frustrated. Uh, Dave, I might go to you first. Looking ahead, you were kind of saying something around 13 points uh, might be what we you're looking for. Top of the league. We are top of the league. Uh, Alan's just found out we're top of the league. By the time most of you are listening to this, we won't be top of the league. <laughs> you never know. Yes, yeah, f- football slash rugby is a funny game. Um, no, we won't be top of the league when this goes out. It's you'd want a game next week to rectify the errors of this week. You want you, you the, what's frustrated me is in since I moved into the job that I'm doing now at matches. I don't think I've seen Connacht put eighty minutes together ever. 
And that was another, tonight was another example of we had put 30 minutes together and it was too late. And you won the game next week, so you go out and rectify it. And don't, players are human. You'll, they'll think, I mean, any time I've played a game and we've done well or done badly, you, you focus on, if you lose a game, you focus on things you did wrong. And they have two weeks to stew in it. And they're going to get some time off, which means they're definitely going to stew in it. So even when they come in, even though they're going to get a week, a few days off, and then because you can't have them train for two weeks with no game. So they're going to stew on it. They're going to think about it. And I think we really could do with a game next week because they, they won't have time to focus on that game. They'd have to focus straight away into another game. Where do we stand? Ara looks, to be, if we're being brutally honest, not bad. six points from four is not bad yeah. given how... Meh, we've been. Yeah. We've been meh. In both games, yeah. yeah. Meh. We've taken six points from four, which is 60% of your points. 60% of your points we should get us at least in with a, an outside chance of a European place. Um, it's just, it's meh. And I'm I'm okay with meh at the moment if we've taken six, six points from ten. Problem is, William, we have to be going above that 60% mark in the early part of the stage to offset the fact that we all know once everyone's at full strength, we're not going to be around 60%. No, if you sit down and go through the fixtures, there's some shocking setups there with interprovincial game following interprovincial games. There's the end is horrendous. Don't look at it, folks. If you haven't looked at it, just don't. Don't look. So what you've got to do is is make hay while the sun shines, and the two week gap now is not ideal. I think it's ridiculous because it it, it doesn't help any team. They've played two weeks. Now they're stopping for two weeks. That's to facilitate. The fact that none of the people in the TV deal for um, the Pro 12 have live coverage of the Rugby World Cup. So they've obviously said, look, we just don't want to cover you. Uh, then we play for a week and then we stop again. And that's very hard, especially I don't know what you do with these guys now for two weeks. Because there's only so much drills and so yeah, much... all these all these plan- uh, training programmes have been planned for years and they're based around the idea that you start a season, you play 10 games. So, so there's going to have to be some good innovative work by strength and conditioning and uh, fitness coaches. Yeah, or maybe just tell them to go and hit golf balls or something for a couple of days and, and, and not think about it. We we could do with a game next week, a home game, I think, to uh, 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 as Dave says, to, to tidy it out, but that's not going to happen. Cardiff will come here. If two weekends off, they're coming here in three weeks. They are a side that are under a lot of pressure to perform. They're missing a number of players. They're not as heavily involved as Wales, maybe. And we've got to pick it up. We owe them big time after last season for both games, Cardiff uh, particularly, but also for the the comeback draw um, in Galway. So it, it, that, that's all they can do. They they have to move it on, but that's there'll be some video nasties to go through in the in the video analysis of tonight. Just complete the picture: two weeks off, then they play Cardiff. Week off, then they'll be at home to Zebra, and then coming up later in October, away to the Ospreys. I think around the same day as a possible World Cup semi-final. William was saying, and let's not even go back over the Edinburgh game. We'll be bringing that over every, up every week. But that game that's on the same day as the World Cup final, Alan, back to the Cardiff game, and that kind of edge to it. I don't know whether Cardiff will have an edge to it, but we most certainly will. That's probably a good thing because they really need to come into that focus. They do. Cardiff are obviously better than they were last year. They stuck 61 points on Zebra last week and Zebra only lost by 13 points to Newport, who we struggled to beat. So, you know, looking at that timeline, I know it's very early in the season, but it's it's obviously something that, that we have to worry about. And we invariably don't start a bre- after a break very well. We know it from last year. Yeah, and it's two weeks, so you can nearly, you can call it a full-on break. Yeah, you can call it a full-on break. Now at this stage, it's a very weird start to the season, and I don't think it suits us. 
Right, yeah. What about like highlights from tonight? Off the bench, Kieran Marmion looked fired up, definitely brought something to the start. I guess Cooney's lost a, a, a little bit of percentage in the pecking order in terms of selection. Yeah, I think Tiernan was the only other, the only other one that, that sort of I had any time for tonight. I thought he did very well in the first half. Okay, yeah. um, Danny took know, his try well. Danny took his try well, but I, I thought he stuttered him an awful lot. There was at least two chances in the first half where if he'd just pinned his ears back, you know, he was playing against a, 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 an army, an army fifteen winger who was half his size, nearly. You know, and he didn't pin his, his ears back and, and have a go at him. That was like that was again comes back to the disappointment that we didn't really test them. We just tried to play too much rugby, if you can do that, and without testing them properly. We never really put balls up in the air to see what they how they could live with it. They had, they had quite small players in certain positions, and we never really tried to do anything with it. So. But we're getting back to the game and I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Dave McSherry has to come back. Dave? Um, yeah, I think we do have um I don't think we do have an issue in terms of, of, of creativity. The midfield needs some sort of boost, doesn't it? Rory did a Rory Parati did a lovely little kick through for Danny's try, but at the same time in the physicality maybe he was a bit out fought. Bundyaki doesn't seem to be really sparking and creating those chances at. Yeah. I mean there is I would suggest that we don't have the je ne sais quoi of the backline went when Matt Healy didn't start. Um, I, I'm not not knocking Rory. He has. It's not like he hasn't. You know, he's in. We we can highlight what Bundy and Rory are doing is because we can see what they're they're trying and it isn't coming off. And when they don't put what we regard as hundred percent effort, and we get angry. But at least we're seeing them. Be much more worried about players who you just didn't notice were on the pitch. And I think to a certain degree, Jack would be that player tonight. But I think. I think we discussed off off pod that that's what you get. Jack is going to have games where he's going to be the most prominent player, and there's going to be other times when he's going to be a little bit anonymous. And tonight was one of the one of the latter. Um, behind the scrum, I think we're a little bit. It's a little bit well. You after you, Dan. In other words, we're relying on someone to do something. And the first couple of games, it's been Tiernan. You know, Matt can do it. Fion at times was trying to do something. I'm not quite sure he knew what he was trying to do. And once he started doing it, we thought, well, let's just see where this goes. And, you know, okay, that's fine up to a point. But uh, I think at the moment, the guys that were showing up most aren't an, aren't outside nine. And I think the two back rows, I mean, Owen was masterful. Owen was great tonight. Uh, he really was doing it. He was doing it when we were 36 down, and he, he kept going. Uh, Nepia Fox is gonna, has put his hand up. We knew nothing, virtually nothing about the guy. I mean, we just knew he was a New Zealand seven, which comes with a certain degree of prestige to it because there's no very few New Zealand number sevens are terrible but we just didn't know anything about the guy and he's come as a slight surprise because we, we came with such low expectation you'd wonder if Jake will get back into the team if Napier keeps going this way which is great for a position for Connacht to be to have two decent sevens um, the pack is doing well I think interestingly I think the certain players have now got their number felt and you're seeing Quinn come off after 50 irrespective Rodney coming off after 60 irrespective um, I wonder if that could be a problem but I think too though the, the, the pack as a scrumming unit is going well but in the loose and in D I think we have so much better to, we need to improve so much well William that's all relevant to what's going forward as well a lot of lot of area for improvement. Not a lot of players to come back into this side. We know Nathan White's going to be missed uh, during this period, and obviously Robbie. But we expected that. Yeah, I think um, we're obviously missing two international players. Mm. Other sides are missing a lot more. Once a player becomes an international player, he really is no longer a Connacht player or a Leinster player or a Munster player. You get him when and if 
he's available. And they've had to manage that. So it's, I don't think we'll see much of either of them this year, I'm afraid. Um, the real issue starts when we get into this run of games, uh, 16 games in a row, 20 out of 21 weeks. It's, it's, it's shambolic. I, I don't know how you, you, you plan for that, allowing for injuries, fatigue. And it, it's not even... The, uh, the fatigue is, is as much mental. Mm-hmm. It's actually... Players will just become tired. They'll make bad decisions simply because they're not switched on. You, you can't play week in, week out. Yeah, and that's one thing that struck me during the uh, bad period of the game. Players looked a little bit switched off during the game and mentally it got to them and that mental strength is going to be vital, Alan, just to finish before we do our any other business. You know, that period in the game kind of did seem to really let things get on top of them, let the decisions get on top of them, the mistakes, and it was just a break from old Masterson to turn the title. Yeah, and it's disappointing. I thought we'd we'd have learned from last season and we'd have grown up a little bit. We, you know, everyone's a year older. We've had a they've all had a full season in behind them, and you would have thought that there'd be a little bit more uh, maturity from them, and it just doesn't seem to be there. Any other business? Who has it? Dave's up already. Pink lads. Um, I don't think he's the kind of fan who wouldn't disagree with this, but um, why, given that we knew last week that we were going to Russia in November, do we not know when we're going in November to Russia? Can we just get some fixtures, actual fixtures, lads? That'd be really, really handy. Yeah, you're, that's as much directed at the EPC or as anyone else. William, any thoughts in your mind? Um, well, I've already had my little mini rant about this farce. We got a man to the moon in 1969 yes. and we still cannot get referees and TMOs communicating it the communications level is they might as well have two tin cans connected with a piece of string uh and tonight the, the, that incident in 73 minutes was just a prime example of there, how much it goes wrong there was one moment you know when uh, john muldoon had a player grab his neck and drag him to the ground and, and the, the team clearly said uh, he has his hands around the neck and he's dragged him to the ground which surely would have made any referee go right that's the other card uh, I don't think he heard him. To my understanding, yes, but I don't think the referee actually got that. And then there was this discussion. Um, one of the stars of tonight was a chap called Hugh Dan, who's the commentator for BBC Scotland. Um, not quite in the Bill McLaren class, but he, he told us that the man with no number is actually number seven. It was a chap had been brought on as a substitute. He tackled uh, John Muldoon around the neck. But between the TMO and the referee, they couldn't actually figure out who it was, even though it was as clear as day on television. And that's that's where you become frustrated. I'm I'm not saying in the referee was in biased in any way, but you when you watch this, you just think, come on, guys, you can do a better job than this. Uh, it's just shoddy. My my any other business is just a salute to the Connacht under twenties. Had a great win over Ulster tonight. Simple as that. Uh, in the rain, well done, good sign. I know they took a beating by Leinster the previous week, but no shame in that. We know the talent that's coming through. Alan, you're really unhappy tonight. I'm still annoyed. Yeah, I'm properly properly annoyed at losing that game. All right. That's as good as any other business as you could possibly do, really. I'd like to apologise to every local radio GA commentator that I have cursed out of it for being ridiculously biased because Hugh Dan is legendary and John Beattie is a fantastic ex-Hawk Scotland international, but they take biased commentary to a whole new level, boys. Yeah, it, just, it shows you how bad decisions were against Connacht on these five occasions. They went, Connacht have really got a bad call against them there. So it's that kind of nice. All right, that's it for us. We'll be back in three weeks' time. Thanks, we're not folks. doing a World Cup podcast. Yeah, not now, though.
No, but I mean... <laughs> Are we going to announce that we're doing a World Cup podcast? Yeah, we should do, because this is the last one. Oh, oh yeah. still time. We're doing a World Cup podcast, people. That's all we know so far. There's a bit of... Actually, you sent us out the timetable of podcasts. Yeah, yeah. we actually yeah, got yeah, yeah. a full list of, of this about three weeks ago. I'm glad this is on the record. Look how organised I am. Yeah. Uh, well, you forgot that you actually sent that Yeah, out. and I've forgotten to... We need a name, we need a plan. We're going to do that now, but stay tuned, folks. We will fill this gap with World Cup talk. And it won't be all about Ireland. 